Yes. <laughs> wow. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Wow. Yes, he is. Contentment, church. Contentment. That's a word that very rarely is used today, right? In this world. Contentment. What is contentment? What is contentment? Contentment. A state of happiness and satisfaction. A state of happiness and satisfaction, which we all want to be happy and we all want to be satisfied, right? What else can you ask for? Happiness and satisfaction. That's right. That's right. But you see, we only happy and satisfied when we like our circumstances. We're only happy and satisfied when we like our circumstances. When our circumstances are good. Look out. When our circumstances are good, look out. Walk through that door like a bundle of joy. Praising God. Hallelujahs everywhere, right? Sometimes make somebody think that they don't love God enough. The way you shouting and carrying on, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. But what happens when we find ourselves in circumstances we don't like? What happens? Exactly. We get hush mouth. Exactly. Can't get a word out of us. Can barely get a hallelujah out of us then. Walk in the room with your head down, dragging, don't like the world, don't like nobody in it. Totally different person. When circumstances change, we are totally different people. Different. What happens about the things that we cannot control, church? That we cannot control. How do we regain that happiness and that satisfaction? When we come to things that we cannot control, how do we continue to find that happiness and satisfaction? See, we have a choice. We have a choice where to set our minds. We have a choice where to set our minds. If we change our mindsets, to focus on God, who is greater than any problem, instead of focusing on our problems, we can have peace. We can have peace. Change our mindsets. Change our mindsets. We will never be content. Never be content with one foot in the word and one foot in the world. You will never be content. Never. Not up here, but James 4 says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded. Can't do it. Can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the word. 
Double-minded. Double-minded. Discontent. Also, Romans 8, 6, not up here. It says this, for to set your mind on the flesh is death. It's death. But to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. That's true contentment, church. That's true contentment. Meaning that if we believe and trust that Christ is enough, we have everything that we need in him. True contentment. That we should not be chasing and desiring anything that's not of God. That's not of God. We should not be planning our hopes, wishes, and dreams on anything that's not of God's will. Not of God's will. Which begins with Jesus. Which begins with Jesus. We should be desiring an intimate, intimate relationship with Jesus, our Lord. With Jesus, our Lord. And everything that comes through and with that relationship. Everything. Everything, church. Learning true contentment starts with the relationship with Jesus. Starts with the relationship with Jesus. Don't expect to be content unless you have a true relationship with Jesus. You will continue chasing. You will continue wanting unless you have that intimate relationship with Jesus because Jesus teaches contentment. He teaches contentment. Scripture tells us here that my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That's why we are content because we believe. We believe. And our hope lies in Jesus. And our hope lies in the truth of his word. Hallelujah. The truth of his holy word that he will supply our every need. He will. Yes, he will. He will. I ask you, do you have all that you need? Do you have all that you need? Praise God. I'm not a gambling man. I used to love to gamble. I used to take, love taking my family's money, praying to God. But I'm not a gambling man anymore. But I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that you do have everything you need. You might not have everything you want, but you have everything you need. God has blessed you with everything you need, church. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, as we look at true contentment, the Bible tells us that true contentment is godly contentment. True contentment is godly contentment. Not only the word contentment, but godly contentment. Yes. Under the rule of God, be content. Be content. So that is what we're going to journey through today, church. We're going to learn about uh, the journey through 1 Timothy, starting at chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. We will be starting at verse 3. Now, this is, this is Apostle Paul's letter to Timothy. To Timothy, 
who is beginning his ministry as a leader in the church. Paul is teaching him and warning him about some of the practices of some of the leaders within the church. Some of the leaders that are entertaining some practices that's not of God. That's not of God. And it reads, teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and teaches that accords with godliness, with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produces envy, decision, slander, and evil suspicion and constant friction among people who are deprived in their minds and deprived of the truth. Imagining Imagining that godliness is a means of gain, of gain. And he says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great gain. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. When we leave it, I want to pause right there. When we leave it. Paul says we came into this world with nothing. And we will leave with nothing. Nothing. What's the saying, church? You never find a U-Haul behind the hearse? Nothing. Nothing. Paul is saying that true contentment itself is great wealth. Great wealth. True contentment by itself is great wealth. Great wealth. We don't have to exploit the church as some of these men within the church that Paul is talking about are practicing. They don't have to exploit the church. As Christians, when we put our hope in God, God himself will richly, will richly provide us with everything we need. For our enjoyment. For our enjoyment. He's saying don't use God's platform for selfish gain. For selfish gain. We don't use the house of the Lord to fund our lifestyles. Our godly lifestyles. Don't follow the example, Paul is saying. Don't follow the example. Be content. Stay true to God continues in verse 8. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Enough food and clothing, let us be content. He's saying as Christians, we should be content with life basics. Life basics, necessities, food, clothing, shelter, a place to lay our head. No, not today, Pastor. 
<laughs> we need more than that, right? We need more. That ain't going to work in this age. No. Why not, though? Why not? That's the basics. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we was promised. That's all we was promised. What else you need? What else we need? There you go. What else we need, church? <laughs> you know, this reminds me, and I had a call this morning of our mission. Our mission. The people that do the work for the Lord. And a lot of times, a lot of times, the basic is all that they have. The food may be scarce. The clothes on their back is all they have. Sometimes they have some place to lay their head. Sometimes. But they continue the work. Our missions continue the work. In spite of. In spite of, they are content to continue the work of God. Content to continue the work of God. That's why it's important for us to continue, continue giving to our missionaries. That's the blessing of God. That's all they depend on is our heart towards God to help them with the basics, the basics, in spite of. Let's continue, verse 9 and 10. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Many sorrows. See, this is the practices that some of the leaders that Paul is warning Timothy about today. About those who think that godliness is a means to financial gain within the church. Within the church. Those who think that godliness and their success, they was teaching these things. That their success is a goal that every believer should seek. This was going on in the church. And they would use their affluences to amass great wealth, great wealth, to fund their lifestyle, to fund their godly lifestyle, so to speak. Now, this was in Paul and Timothy's day. But in today, we see these same beliefs and practices today, today, church, today. And it says that those who long to be rich, fall into temptation. And is now trapped, trapped by foolish, foolish fleshly desires. And are now being money-hungry people of God. Money-hungry people of God and has now wandered from their Wandered from their faith and left the church. And left the church. 
for the love of money, for the love of gaining. Turn their backs on God. Chasing the almighty dollar. Almighty dollar. Which it says, for the love, not the money, but for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money that will have us turn our backs on God. It's the love of money that will have us do all sorts of Unexplainable things. God says this causes us to bring out the evil in us. And the most evil, church, is when we turn our backs on God. We walk out on God for gain. We walk out on purpose for money, for gain. It's not good. It's evil. It's evil. But see, in a sense, Paul is saying, church, that if there is no gain within the church, if there is no gain within the church, then there is no work being done. If there is no gain within the church, there is no work being done. And they walk away from their true faith. And they walk away from the church. And they walk away from the church. But church, God's word speaks for itself. His word speaks for itself. You cannot, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Love one, hate the other, but one of them will lack. One of them will lack. And God is not substituting his time for anything and anybody at all. Simple as that. Simple as that, church. If we are not content, if we are not content, we will turn our backs on God. Verse 11, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Paul says, as for you, O man of God, O woman of God, choose to be content with the riches of Christ. Choose to be content with the riches of Christ, which is righteousness, which is godliness, which is faith, which is love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Live in the spirit. Walk in the spirit of contentment, of contentment. So today, church, the question of the day, are you? Are you content in Christ? This is a very, very, very important question. Are you truly, truly ready to give up on everything that you have known in the flesh? Are you truly, 
ready to give up everything that you have known and used to live a life content in Christ. Very good. Be very good. The Bible puts it like this. Your life is no longer your own. You now live to serve God and serve others. You put others' needs before your own. You surrender your desires for God's desires. No more sexual immorality. No more drunkenness. No more wild parties. No more selfish ambitions, no more idolatry, no more envy, no more strife, but contentment in Christ. This, this is what Paul is teaching Timothy. Be careful, be sure, be sure. Contentment in Christ. Faithful to the gospel Committed to the gospel. Faithful to the church. Committed to the church. Content in Christ. And he was warning them because you will see difference from others who claim Christ. You will see difference. And they will try to influence you to do the same. To do the same. But we must have true godly contentment. We must have true godly contentment. Has to be. The Lord is not accepting anything less at all. We are among, church, we are among many witnesses to live a content life. We are ambassadors of Christ and everything that he stands for. Job 36.11 reads, If they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. He will prosper you in due time. Yes, he will. Be content. Be content because your promotion and your blessings come from the Lord. Yes. Yes. Be content. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. It says, therefore, I will tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body, more than clothing? Don't worry. Don't worry. It says, look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns. And yet, and yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you? By being anxious can add a single hour to your lifespan. Don't be anxious. Be content. God got you. 
God got you. Don't get nervous <laughs> when the bill collector calls. Don't get nervous. God will make a way. Trust me, been there. <laughs> He's always made a way. Be content and be still and be still. It goes on. It says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. The Gentiles, the sinners, the people that's not of God. Seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first, seek. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's a promise. He says you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You shouldn't be seeking and desiring. You shouldn't be seeking. He says, I'm your father. I know what you need. I know what you need. Be content and put my kingdom and my righteousness first. And I will gladly give you the desires of your heart. That's his promise. Be content. Be content. God is faithful. God is faithful, church. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. We're all sitting here worried about tomorrow. Worried about tomorrow. He says, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We're living in today. Don't worry about tomorrow. What if tomorrow? What if tomorrow never comes, church? Would you have been content with your life up until now? Tomorrow never comes. Would you have been content with your life up until now? Or will you die chasing the things of this ungodly world? Look what Paul says here in uh, Philippians 4, 13 and 12. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's true contentment. That's true godly contentment. That's true contentment in Christ. That's true contentment. So we must learn in whatever situation we are facing to be content. We must know the secret of facing plenty and facing hunger, having abundance and having need? What is the secret to being content? Paul says that I know I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened me. We can endure all things in Christ Jesus. 
who strengthens us. We can endure the lack. We can endure the lack. We can praise him when it's lack just as well as when it's gain. He will see us through. He will see us through. We must, church, we must be still and know that he is God. Be still in your circumstances and know that he is God. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. So I ask, church, will we be committed to do the work? In spite of. In spite of. Because if we are committed to do the work in spite of, God's grace and mercy will be sufficient to see us through. To see us through. As Paul here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. Through God's mercy, we have this ministry. Directly from God. Directly from Christ. Is what Paul is saying. And that he, that we will not give up in spite of. We will not give up in spite of. In spite of the struggle. In spite of the struggle. In spite of what others in the church may be doing or not doing. We will not give up. We will be content in our walk in Christ. Content, church. In spite of, says, but we have this treasured in jars of clay. Show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, <laughs> but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. The beautiful treasure is the knowledge of God. That is the beautiful treasure that we have, the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. What a beautiful treasure, beautiful treasure. Even though, even though Paul or we may endure these things, church, Yet, in spite of, we are not crushed. We are not crushed. In spite of, we are not in despair. In spite of, we are not abandoned. In spite of, we are not destroyed. And how? How is that possible? How is that possible? By the power. Jesus Christ. The power and the grace. We are not destroyed. So stand in contentment. Stand in contentment, church. Goes further. All of this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to 
to the glory of God Almighty. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We don't give up. We don't give up. Even though our outer person, our bodies are dying. Our inner person is being renewed day by day, church. We should be growing spiritually younger as we grow physically older, renewing. Our bodies will soon be dead, but our spirit will be alive. Renewing day by day, spiritual growth. Don't seek the things of the world. Seek spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, the spirit, the things of God. That's what we should be seeking. Seeking the things of God. Yes. For our light and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. An eternal glory. That far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Not on what is seen. But on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. I have to remind myself every day to not focus on what I see. Every day, every day. Because if you focus on what you see, it hurts. It will deter you not to continue to work. It will deter you not to be content. Because there's no contentment in this world. We will continue seeking, seeking, seeking after everything that our brother or sister has, we'll never be content without it. Never. See, these afflictions of this world that we see, church, he's saying are light. They are light because we don't focus on what we see, but we focus on the unseen. That's the mindset. That's the mindset. So we are content in spite of. In spite of the temptations of this world, we remain content. Remember, our blessings, our promotions come from the Lord. Don't put yourself in a situation with moving before the Lord moves you. Being anxious or, or not content. Moving before the Lord moves you. Be content. You trust in the Lord. Trust in Christ. He is in control. He has you. Maybe he's testing you. Be still. Be content. God will never leave you or forsake you. That's his promise. That's his promise, church. But we move off of what we see, don't we? We move off of what we see. We see someone else move. We want to go too. 
someone else get, getting paid, getting gained. Hey, how you did that? I want to go too. The Lord ain't sent you over there. He said, be still. Be still. Be content. How can we show God's glory to the world without being content? Can we wait upon the Lord and say, hey, I'm waiting on my blessings from the Lord. I'm going to let the Lord glorify himself in my life. I'm going to wait upon him. I ain't chasing after that. Y'all go ahead and have your fun. That's temporary over there. That's temporary. I'm going to be in the middle of God's will, waiting upon his blessings. Even in lack. Even if I need that over there. Even if I need it. Even if I ain't got nothing. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, church. I'm waiting. And one of the reasons Jesus wants us to live a godly, content life is for peace. For peace. You waiting still for the Lord to give you peace. Your mindset is on peace. You're not worrying about that, 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 that behind you. That's what gets us out of peace, that uncontent will have your mind going crazy. It will bring upon depression. You'll be stressed out, worrying about all these things of the world, church. How can I get that? This is the world stuff. I, I mean, honestly, this is the world things. We desire them. I mean, we desire. God says, what he says, oh, you got food, you got clothing, you got shelter. That's it. Continue to do the work. What else you need? Do we need a car? Walk and do the work. <laughs> he will bless us with the food to give us strength, the clothing to keep us warm, church. Don't fall for the trick of this world. See, we all been there, and I've been there too. But as I continue to study my word of God, he teaches me. He teaches me. And I must share the things that he teaches me. And today he's bringing contentment. We're not hungry for the things of this world. We're not thirsty for the things of this world. We hunger and we thirst for him. We hunger and we thirst for him, that peace that surpasses all understanding is in contentment. Kids, when you grow up, don't desire what others have. They call that sin. He calls it sin, coveting. Don't desire what others have. That brings those evil thoughts to your mind. How can I get that? How can I get that? How can I get that? But see, those that don't know Christ don't know contentment. And you never will be. So we, as God's people, must be the example of contentment to the world. We must stand and be still while the world is doing this crazy thing. Stand and be still. Be recluse. Be an example. Hallelujah. As we prepare to close, church, can you just stand?
as we prepare to pray together. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, contentment. Continue to teach us, almighty God. Continue to teach us. I want to pray this morning over Psalms 23. I, uh, when I was small, when I was actually, yes, I was small. I don't remember much about my upbringing in, uh, in the word, but my mom used to gather us all in the living room. I was the youngest, so I was right there on her hip. And they, all of us, the younger generation would be sitting, it was six of us, three on one side and three on the other. And she would sit us in the living room and read the Bible. And one of the things that I remember is Psalms 23. And, and, and the verse that says, I shall not want. <laughs> because we used to go around the house as little kids saying, we want this and we want that. And she said, no, that's not of God. That's not of God. We would go tell on each other, Ma, she said they won't. They don't want. We get in trouble for wanting. I never knew why until I got older and I started reading it. Never knew. Never knew. So let us bow in prayer, church. Yes, Father. You are our shepherd, almighty God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because we know, God, that you will supply our every need. Place in our hearts a heart of contentment, a heart of peace, a heart to desire the things of you, almighty God. You are our shepherd, almighty God. Lead us into contentment, God. Lead us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's that peace, God. That's that peace that we so desire. Yes, God, bring your peace upon your people. Place that peace in our minds and let it flow through our hearts, almighty God. We desire you, God. We desire you. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. His name's sake. Everything at the feet of Jesus. Everything through the name of Jesus. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, almighty God. Yes, you are. You are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us, almighty God. They comfort us. Through the storms, through the difficulties, through the sorrow, through the grief, we are comforted by you, almighty God. Your spirit lives with us, almighty God, and we say thank you. We say thank you. Because, God, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes, God. Bless our enemies, God. Bless our enemies. For they not know what they do, almighty God. Bless them. Bless them. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. 
because we stand in contentment, God. Hallelujah. That cup will overflow. Stand in contentment in Christ. And watch that cup overflow. Watch the blessings flow down from God and not from man. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. Lord, you are the keeper of our soul. You are the keeper of our soul, almighty God. We thank you. We thank you. We glorify you. We worship you. We praise you. And we pray that our lives will honor you, almighty God. Bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.